Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awakenings with Michelle Mache, the weekly dose of spiritual and metaphysical insights and information for navigating the soul path. Listeners are invited to call into the show for a reading or with questions and comments. Call 347-539-5122 and press 1 on the keypad. Also, join the Sacred Space of Empowerment live chat. To create a username, register with Blog Talk Radio. It's great to connect with all of you here. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Good to be here. Got the chat going on. Um, gosh, it's been busy and full flow. So um, just got my decaf Americano. And I see callers in the queue. Yay, great. Um, if you're just uh, surfing by and you want to chat, that number is 347-539-5122, or you have a question or a comment. And Ginger, new people in the chat. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone in the chat. It's just like me to have everything kind of aligned, you know, like just organized. And other stuff last minute comes up, and then I just have to give it up, give it up. Uh, welcome, everyone, in the Sacred Space of Empowerment Room, also known as the chat room. You guys totally ground the energy. I love you all. Uh, welcome to listeners listening via the Internet, via, via their um, through the browser, I guess, really. I never kind of listened that way, but... Uh, I hear that a lot of people do. And hi, everyone on the phone lines. Um, if you are waiting to get a reading or ask, have a question answered or just to say, hey, um, please press one on your keypad, and that gets you um, in the queue um, on the switchboard. And again, that number is 347-539-5122. And hello to all that listen to all the archive outlets, especially iTunes, but Player FM, it's an FM player, Player FM, <laughs> and of course iTunes and um, TuneIn Radio, iHeart Radio. Great to be here. I, I, I had a nice little vacay, little time off. Um, well, I did time off. I did a lot of creative stuff, but I was steeped in nature and then lounging while the ocean waves were crashing in. It was quite, quite amazing, quite much needed. Um, I call it the, the, the Stambu Retreat, Shestambu. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah, and I'm so excited. Okay, a couple things happening. Um, I'm doing this summit um, that you can find out more about it. it it's different. Uh, it's called uh, Mastery uh, Mind Mastery Summit, and a lot of different interviews and guests. And we really cover. I talk talk a lot about. Um, it's not just me. There's other people that are part. I think Dr. Oz as well, if I heard the woman correctly. Uh, but really, how to change your mindset. It really got into core patterning. How to, gave some great tips. Um, I'm also offering a free. Uh, from the heart, gratis gift. Um, and if you want that, you can just email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. There should be a mailing that goes out. Those of you that are on my soul uh, playground, soul insights uh, list, I'll be sending that out. 
And I listen this weekend. I listened to so much inspirational information, and I actually found um, online some readers that were very similar to me that can read and tell the whole story, can even remote view or get into what another person is thinking and what their motivations are why. <clears throat> but also not only just reads the big picture, but goes deep and is aware of the soul and what's what's going, what's happening in the new paradigm, what we're co-creating and in consciousness. It was such a gift. So I got to just meditate, and I, I did a lot of laying around and laying on the deck and doing yoga, and this amazing inspirational um, messages playing. And you really ought to, tr- you know, everyone treat yourself to that. Some of you I know do this. Some people don't think of it, and some people are going, oh, I haven't done that in a long time. But really just to to lay around or do yoga, you know, more hatha yoga, restorative or stretching, whatever you want to, however you want to do it, whether it's music in the background, sometimes I just had the nature sounds, just had the owls or the, you know, various birds, some bees um, in the background. But really, this is what I'm talking about. A lot of people have been asking me in my workshops, what do you mean by this deepening? What is that's what I mean. It's deepening into the path, deepening into the process. And artists do this. And I keep saying, you know, the, the, the soul, when you're living soul expressed, when you're living soul connected, soul aligned, tuned to the soul, you live your life creatively. It's a, it's a form of, you know, self-expression. And it's just like the writer that has what, what is their ritual when they go to the page to write or my, you know, musician friends and as well as clients that I have that are on tour and they're, you know, they're doing a lot. When they come back, you know, they're out of the studio. They, they say, okay, now I'm going to do, I'm going to work on my painting or I'm going to do pottery or I'm doing a lot of hiking. One of them that goes and does, uh, I think it's boogie boarding, wakeboarding, boogie boarding. Something that is different than your natural mode. If you're a painter, Start writing, sketch, potter, do pottery. What's another form of exp- you know expression that you can do? Because otherwise, we kind of dry up. You know, the other one kind of the the one the main representational system how we're viewing and expressing through the world goes a bit dry, right? It, it gets or it gets rote. So it's good to clear up and clean out. Um, which reminds me of our guest today, by the way, which I'm so interested to talk um, uh, to her, Corby Mitfield, or Mitlead, Mitlead, I believe, Clean Out Your Life Closet, which I just did that, and I did a huge, huge closet, multiple closet clear out, um, gave things to friends and family, and um, you know, what, what, I don't know what they call them now, resale stores, thrift stores, Goodwill, whatever. Um, so it's good to do that and refresh because, we, you know, the noise and the chatter is not just in the external world. It's not just, you know, movies and TV and phones and devices and friends and family and advertising. It's not just out there. It's the noise or the chatter of what we do on an everyday basis. It's not that it's bad, but we get a little rope, right? We get on autopilot. And so a lot of our thoughts and our, and our routines are based on this autopilot. You know, you really have to, when you're living more from the soul, you really have to move into a space of more, you know, more compassion, more empathy for yourself and others, and and also less harsh judgment. 
honestly, if you're an early riser and you're always getting up and you're going out, you know, you're going on a hike or you're going to run, you're going to this, you're going to that, or you stay in bed, don't do that. Change that around because the new influences, the new input has to fight the rigidity of your routine. The soul, because it's spiritual energy, is much more fluid. I can always tell when people are really triggered. Now, mind you, you you want to be on time, you want to keep agreements, you want to keep your word, you know, this and that. But when it becomes so rigid that it really throws people off, they're triggered. Something emotionally is going on, and they're triggered. So, anyway, okay, I want to share that. Um, All right, so this Mind Master, if you're interested in that summit, Email me. There's also, I believe, a, a link um, I'm going to be getting out today or tomorrow at the at the uh, latest. But if that's something you want to have some new insights and inspiration, as well as tools, not just from me, but from other, um, I don't know, thought, mind mastery experts in this field for them now. You know, we're all experts. But right now I'm talking about it, so I'm being highlighted. But everybody's an expert in their own life. But even me as an expert, I need, I need help. You know, I find I need new insight and inspiration. I'm very open constantly to, um, to learn. It's, kind of, it's actually kind of fun for me. So um, we had a great workshop over uh, last week. And I'm doing, for, all of, for the rest of June the 15th, working with these, the energies of the 2911 energies that we're into collectively as well as these aspects, which I want to talk about. I had other things scheduled to talk about, and then I had a couple of people uh, email. I listen, saying, what's going on with this full moon? What does this mean? It's about freeing up and going and being, you know, lightening up and getting lighter. Yes, but we also have, you know, Taurus, or Uranus just went into Taurus, and we also have that Jupiter in Scorpio that is really bringing up the depths for people. There's a lot of emotional triggering. There's a lot of people replaying old patterns, you know, um, and letting authority figures, whether it's father, mother, mother, father, corporations, whatever the authority figure or institution, making your choice rather than learning to realign to your soul. Or in, in, and how to reinforce that alignment. And I'll be getting into more of that. So what I am doing, which I'm just so excited about, I'm going to take, we're going to do 29 days. I'm doing high vibes to love and manifestation. Oh, yes, let me tell you about it. So I, I get a lot of questions about how, to, how does one raise their vibrational frequency? How does it keep it up? How do you know you're connecting to the soul? How do you keep that connection and, you know, live from that. And those of you that have done my teleworkshops, you know, I don't just do a workshop or even my workshops. I don't just do a workshop and then on you go. I follow up with people and I give voice notes. I give coaching. I get, I work email because I know most people get blown out. Even when I would do retreats, um, you know, people get blown out. They have an amazing aha and they have a shift. But if you don't keep tapping into it, you don't keep maintaining it, it, it lessens. And if you're not around people that are, are similar and on the similar journey and get it and are, and are trying to be high vibes and not 
marinate and victimy. Doesn't mean that they don't say, "Oh, I'm sad" or something bad happened, or you know, yeah, they go there, but they're not. That's not their chronic state. So if you're not around that, it's very hard to maintain it because it takes a while. We get things intellectually, but to get it emotionally and anchor it in and to begin to have it as a way of life and become a response takes a bit. So starting June 15th, so excited, I am doing this. And it, we meet, we'll meet twice. We'll meet on the, I believe it's the 15th. We'll meet on that Saturday for an hour and a half. I'm going to do some massive interplane work, clearing work, do some d- dissolving of, of the blocks, get to some real consciousness um, on this. And then we have another meeting, which will be on July, I believe it's the 15th. And where we check in and, you know, I'll be able to see, you know, you'll be able to share their experience and um, we'll do some kind of closing stuff. But in between, I'm going to be giving things to do weekly, weekly support, inspiration, insights to keep you high vibes, to connect with that love in the physical form. That's what people are wanting. They want love situations, love, significant other, guy, girl, whatever, you are this love, but also drawing in more abundance. That's to me what love is. It's living more abundantly. It's living in that grace of gratitude. Yes, it's gratitude. It's, it's being able to read the signs. So you keep your vibes high by living more synchronistically and less on the linear plane and being attuned to the vibrational messages and how they come. And then you're living more and more spiritually led soul-fueled, you know, you're, you're animated through spirit, that you're downloading more spiritual energy, you're getting more chi, prana, however you want to call it. So anyway, that, if you're interested in that, you can email me at awakeningspodcast um, at gmail.com or info at soulplayground.life um, or sign up for my blog and then you can put a little a notation there. So I've got the summit that's coming um, we're actually re, 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 re-recording that because my uh, – yeah, to, to make it – anyway. So it's something that somebody brought me in. And, uh, but, but then I'm doing this, which I'm really, really um, excited about. And then uh, I think on the 21st we're doing oh, Connecting to Your Higher Self. Okay, so we're looking at that Again, again. So as you can see the theme of what I'm really feeling impassionate, I feel strong purpose to, to because it is the way of the new paradigm and, and also people are asking and I, I respond. You know, that's how I know that it's not coming from my ego or what I think people want to know or what I should be sharing. But people are going, look, I'm opening, I'm awakening, I'm becoming more intuitive. Help. How do I make it work? How do I make it be accurate? People don't want to be mired down, um, you know, in, 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 in negative programming or past patterns. I mean, I did an interview the other day, and I was talking about my core beliefs, uh, liber- you know, releasing uh, workshop, Liberate Your Life. And the woman was saying, does this really work? And I, and I go, no, it's gone. No, it's possible, you guys. Of course, we get better and better. If you do your research and you look at psychology, psychotherapy, you know, um, 
even psychiatry, you know. But, but of course we're going to evolve. You know, I, I did that five-step emotional clearing process. I developed that in the late 90s. All these years later, of course, things have shifted. Yes, it's possible to get to the one belief, the one stuck state, the one chronic emotion that's holding you back. It's tied into that core belief. Yes, it is possible to get rid of it. That's what I developed, the Liberate Your Life. The, the people that have done the teleworkshops, they can see it now. They go, I'm not run by this belief. It's my truth. I know how to tap into my truth, to hear my intuition. What I found is it becomes too painful. Now, the only little downside can be is sometimes people are triggered and they want to blame other people, you know, or they want to go back to mommy or daddy, the authority figure. They want to go back to the the government job that seems safer instead of confronting their life. Because, you know, we kind of live on the you know, by your hair of our chinny-chin-chin, you know, when you're living spiritually. You do, you know, because you're, you're opening up to the all that is. I always say it's like any of you that have ever been to the Grand Canyon in the United States, I always say I, I feel sometimes like I'm spirit is, is holding me by tweezers up above the Grand Canyon. So, yeah, that's how the life is when you're, you know, but, but at the same time, yeah, it's scary. There's unknown. There's uncertainty. But there is anyway. And and by the way, it opens you up to much more magic. But you have to discern whether you're being scattered and running away from life and responsibilities or going deeper in your path and having more spirit, soul, heart connection. Scattered energy and being busy is not the same as flowing with the spiritual energy, very, very different. And it's a wise person that learns to discern that. Get with the teachers that can help you. Um, <laughs> Tamara in the chat says, it's quite a visual hanging over the Grand Canyon. Uh, okay, put it in the chat. How many of you have been there? Let me know when we call in. Do you guys know it? Tamara's putting no more grounding. Yeah, it's ground. Yeah, no more Groundhog Day. Yes, exactly. It's, believe me, I did it. I told this, the woman that was interviewing me, I said, look, I, I was my first, you know, guinea pig trying this out. When that pattern tries to come up again, it's too painful. How many of you have ever done this? Again, we get accustomed to something. I like my chocolate every now and then. And I'm, I'm more of a flourless kind of chocolate person or cacao I had a bite of something the other day. I don't know. It's been a couple months, but this is how long it stuck in my head. It was just a bite. Someone's, it was so sugary, so heavy, floury, but the sugar. Have you ever eaten something? There's so much sugar that you can taste the granules in your mouth. Then you don't want it anymore. That's how it is when you do this, deliberate your core belief. You liberate your life. You let go, you free up from that core belief. That's why I called it Liberate Your Life. I think some people helped me. Uh, Archer, I think, was one person. Anyway, there was a couple of people that helped me with the, the name because I'm never. i in the concept of it and the downloading of the information from the guides and then putting it together. So I only know that I love doing it and it works, but as far as like things like naming things, I don't know what's relevant. So, 
But I can tell you, yes, so it can get to a point in your life where you have a distaste. That's when you know you've really shifted. If you move into boredom of it, you know, it's like, oh, no, I don't really feel that. If you're angry about stuff, then you're still, you're still under the spell, so to speak, right? There's still a lot of emotional charge. But if you're just like, I can't do this anymore, you just don't want to, it doesn't feel right anymore, that's when you know that there's been a real shift. It just doesn't feel right. It feels off. It's just not, it's like wearing shoes that are too tight. At some point, you don't wear them anymore, you know, or maybe you had shoes that you liked when you were in sixth grade or third grade. You can't fit in them anymore. It doesn't fit. And so the same thing happens to us mentally, emotionally. It happens to us physically with what what patterns we'll do. It happens with certain exercises. There are certain things that I don't want to do anymore. It just doesn't feel right. Maybe it will again, but certain things I just don't want to do. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't suit. So that's, that's the thing. And, again, what is that? It's feeling. It's resonance. You know, I wrote this on my, my blog today, my Soul Playground blog. Um, if any of you guys want to take a look at it. What determines your life and how you experience your life? I'm not saying that we don't have tough times. We do. And some people have tougher times in an earth level, earth plane level than us, and some have better. That's the game here. That is the game. But what I can tell you 5,000%, having lived in other parts of the country, other parts of the world, traveled extensively around the world, what's called what third world country, you know, now they have people say, well, that's a first world problem, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? I have met some amazing people. I know you guys, some of you experienced it firsthand. Some of you, you heard stories, but within your circumstances, I, somebody that I don't know very well, I only met a few times uh, through a friend of mine, um, lovely couple, and I always thought something was going on or I didn't know what was going on. Sometimes the woman would show her up in her jammies or she just kind of looked maybe a little off or tired. But, but I can tell you that there was so much love connection and express between the two of them. And the boyfriend at the time, now husband, seemed very – there's just he, there, you could just tell that he really honored her not just respected, honored her and what they had. And I just read on Facebook yesterday, actually, that she passed. I guess she, I don't know if she had cancer. I don't know. She had an illness. And so I was like, oh, my God, it made sense. And they got married before she passed. And he said, my soulmate's gone. But he was taking it very, you know, I guess, obviously, you know. And mind you, as a, as a shaman and also a bereavement counselor, I do know it is much easier, and in my experience personally, in that capacity, but also having experienced people I love uh, cross over or pass on. It is easier and it is a gift if you are aware of it rather than if it happens all of a sudden. It's never easy, but there is a certain blessing, if you could call it that, you know, when you know and you you take the time. Um, So I'm, you know, aware of that. But the response about the grace that the two of them had in this situation 
And their relationship, I believe, the totality of the time they were together, she was sick. And so that, that was a part. And, and it stopped. And he put in the post, um, again, what's important is love, is our relationship, is our connection. And I've been saying that over and over. And mind you, I had teachers of mine a lot more evolved and a lot more, you know, a lot of them older that underscored this years and years ago. And I kind of, first I didn't get it, and then I kind of got it. And I'm going to say something. It matters more than what you think your purpose is in life because it's always going to be about relationships. It's about the relating. And so it's not about giving up your life for relationship. It's not about that. It's about seeing the sacredness of relating, you know, and even the, the bizarreness of relating. Think about it. It's so bizarre. People coming together that are, you know, even if you love each other, but you have all these differences and you got to somehow get along and work through it. And one wants to do one thing, another one wants, or then when you get with groups, think of group dynamics. But that's what we're here to do. It's always about relationship, whether it's to yourself. And ultimately, your relationship with the, the outer is also about a relationship to yourself. So it's a very interesting time, and, you know, you've got Jude Curavan in uh, previous programs, she and I talked about this, 2009, where the shift moves into right relationship and right livelihood, a relationship to ourselves and to each other. Again, moving from simply tolerating, respecting, into honoring. That's the whole sacredness of life. Even, even, because some people say, oh, what about the animals if you eat meat? Well, a lot of the indigenous people that do eat meat, they see the sacredness in it. That animal is giving themselves up. They know. They know what's going on. And, there, and there's a whole way of doing that. Same with, the, same with the salad. Same with the plant. Same with us. If you're doing stuff out of a higher consciousness, out of the high vibes, if you have to make a sacrifice or you have to hold the space for another person, to do it not begrudgingly and not to do it in a codependency way. It's not about martyrdom. It's about the sacredness of, hey, I see what you're going through. I see what you're doing. And I understand it's tough for you. And right now while you're going through this, I'm going to be over here drawing and painting and doing my creations. I'm doing my stuff over here with my heart still open to you. Do you see the difference? Then come on, you got to get, you're, whole, you're behind, what are you doing? You know, or that's it, I'm never going to talk to you again. You said you loved me and you left. That's it. No, see, it's not about that. It's like, wow, this soul is having a tough time on the human plane, or I'm having a tough time on the human plane. But it's also about being honest with each other, which kind of brings me into what I wanted to and tie into and share, um, which some people had asked me to talk about the full moon. The full moon, and I don't know where people got this idea about letting go, because if you, if, if you do, anyway, working with pagan and energies, the full moon highlights, the letting go happens in the, after the full moon, what we call the waning moon, right? The full moon is, is like, a, it's like a full dose of something. It amplifies whatever is there, whatever you need to do. So it could be letting go, 
but it's also about drawing in. It's also about being open to see what are you thinking, what are you feeling, what are your responses, what's going on around you. It shines a light in your darkness. I, I posted about this on Instagram. The lunar energies work with the dark to bring in more light. Now, this could be the, the darkness of ignorance. It could be racism, the darkness of misogyny, the darkness of inequality. This could be the darkness of codependency or, or unhealed wounds. But it's also the darkness of the void, of potential, of possibility. It's what's not yet in form. It's what we can't yet see. And so when you work with the lunar energies, it brings the dark into the light. It teaches you also to how to see in the dark. Think of the full moon. I used to do these great full moon hikes um, in Torrey Pines, one of my favorite places. Um, and I was like so amazed how bright the full moon could be and light up the whole hike for us, hiking down, you know, down the chasm. chasm. Um, anyway. So the full moon in Sag is directly dancing. Sag is let's get to the deeper truth. Let's be honest. Let's be truthful. Right? Let's be truthful. And it also can be a little blunt. It is about freedom, but not for freedom's sake. And here's something I want to share with everyone to remember. Every astrological sign has its higher and lower octaves. And there's actually three points. There's, I guess, the the, the mundane, the regular. Then there's the uh, what we call dweller on the threshold where you're not sure if you go to the higher level or not, you know, uh, and then there is a disciple, and that's discipline, spiritual practice. So you become a disciple, spiritual principles. It doesn't have to be of anything or anyone, you know, anyone, not necessarily a guru or disciple of a religion. But, um, well, religion in the true sense of the word, religare, routine, so some kind of spiritual discipline. You begin to live a spiritually disciplined, spiritually connected life. And you recognize that there's this growth and this unfolding and there's a soul. And, you know, you start, you live more from that, more conscious, right? So there's always the lower harmonic of the Sag or Sagittarius that is the runner, doesn't like to be fenced in. Um, any sign, you know, any time. And, and this is where we're, we are as conscious beings supposed to be doing, bringing in the conscious choices and conscious awareness, Everybody, unless you're so pathological, but even somebody that is so wounded, pathological, whatever, you know, um, wants connection. So you have to ask yourself, it's all about balance, as the Buddhists say, the middle way. If you're cutting off, if you're scattered, if you're cutting off, if you're not going deeper into your practice, then that's an imbalance. But if you can't separate out, if you're so codependent, so enmeshed, always merging, can't be alone, that's not healthy either. So this full moon is going to show you what's the truth of where you're at. What are you seeing in your life? Look at the posts I've been posting. This gives a lot. What you're seeing is what you're believing. What you're believing is what you're seeing. What you're looking for is what you're finding. Okay? These are all spiritual metaphysical um, maxims. And they're, they're meant to just bring the awareness because we have to check in with ourselves. We have to go in nature. We have to slow down. We have to sit on the sofa. We have to sit in the, you know, the backyard or the front yard or go to the beach and stare at, 
stare at our navel, people would say. We have to slow down enough to go deeper to see, because it's up to us to make the conscious choices, to see what am I seeing. If I'm seeing a lot of what I don't want to see, then it's up to me to make those changes. So this is highlighting that. You know, what do you need to let go of? I'm sure Cor- Corby is going to be sharing some, a lot of this insight uh, with us. But what do you need to let go of? And again, you have to get out of your beta consciousness, your rational mind, your you know, cognitive thinking, the, the surface mind, and feel it out. What is too much? You know, I love when Shira Hunt, uh, years ago when she was on the program, uh, I think her website Vibrationally Sound, I think that's it, uh, how we were talking, and I, I remember asking her, like, sometimes having rugs. Like, I can't have, I have, you know, some furry rugs, little throw rugs, but throughout my house I have hardwood floors. And she said, well, that's right. You can't handle the vibration of the carpet. And I went, yeah, that's true. I, I can't. The carpeting all the way through. And she said, well, that everything has vibration. So sometimes something is just too much, and sometimes something's not enough. It's a vibrational thing whether it's an article of clothing, a color. So the fun thing, you guys, but this is where we get into the co-creation of life is to, is to know that and understand that. Do you not have enough green or greenery in your life, in your food? You know, enough blue, enough clear. What, what is it? Is there too much color? Not enough. Are you overloaded? And what is the truth? What is the truth for you that's what this the the freeing up the freedom the true freedom isn't running away from people or saying i'm independent i I don't want anybody telling me what to do i don't want to live with anybody i don't you know this and that that's not freedom that's wound up in your ego wounding true freedom comes from knowing who you are which is which is sagittarius is, is the great you know along with aquarius the knower to know Sagittarius gets to the truth. What is the truth of the situation? What is the truth of who you are and how you want to be? What's the truth of what brings you the most fulfillment? What's the truth of your situations? So the the true freedom is knowing the truth, whatever that is, you know, and, and, and being able to live it and express it. To live more truthfully, to live more authentically, to be able to be to be able to to speak it, what it is. So those of you that were asking, I hope this shed some light of the energies and how to work with it. So what you want to do is look at the truth, and then as the waning starts happening, right, we go back, you know, moon gets less and less and less, right, and then it builds back up, waxes again, becomes a new moon. This is the time to let go of, use the sacred ritual, right, a feeling tone, color and sounds. Use all of that or whatever you're guided to to once it's been highlighted for you, once the truth has been highlighted. It could be a little truth of something you need to do or not do. Um, Someone's truth was highlighted the other day. We did a little mini reading for them and it was right on the full minute actually yesterday morning and they said, oh my God, I need to hear that. I need to go back to that that things will be how they are, that I'm always helped. And she said, remember, you always call it magical helpers. And I do. Sometimes our magical helpers may not be someone that we know or we don't know that well, 
they're magical helpers. They show up right when we need. And she was trying to push something, and she said, I don't need to push. I always get what I need and more. I always live from abundance. And I said, yeah, the problem is that we, our ego mind gets trained well. As we start expanding, so does the ego aspect of us, and then it, it begins to parade or maraud as the, uh, as the, um, the higher self. So we get these quick little ways of handling things, right? Oh, I'm going to, I got to get on this now. And we have people say, come on, follow through, get on that. And we forget, oh, wait, 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 what about divine timing? Wait a minute, wait a minute, let me check in. Oh, not yet, not yet. I know it looks like I'm procrastinating. No, I'm not procrastinating. There's a lesson here, not just for me, but the people involved. Well, let me, let me be spirit led. And so it was beautiful um, shifting, but that was the full moon energy. Like, what's the truth of this situation? Get back to the truth of who you are. Get back to that meditative state. Get back to your spiritual connection and your soul alignment. Get back to attuning to the heart. Get back to that centering. We really are led. Everybody's our teacher. Everybody's our guru if we know how to listen and we know how to and we're not stuck, you know. <laughs> and that's why you have to clear because a lot of times we hear things through foggy filters or, or our emotional pattern is happening. We think we're acting from the higher self and we're really reacting out of defense mechanisms. You know, and in that sense, you you know, people have, you have to be willing to figure it out and be able to say, wow, 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 that pattern was really up and it was acting with my higher self, but it really wasn't because... As Tamara, lovely Tamara in the chat, did this amazing painting on a Facebook page. Um, I also posted an Awakenings community page and on my page and used one of my uh, quotes, one of my say that truth is always inclusive. The best, the best that can be for everyone. It may not be perfect, but it's the best, or ideal, but it's the best that can be. It is inclusive. Truth is inclusive. Real truth. It includes all of us. It doesn't. It's not excluding, uh, because if it's excluding, then it's coming from separation. So, all righty, everybody. Tamara, hello. Crystal Bowles, Bretna, Brada, hello. Welcome guests. Hello, everyone. Welcome in the chat. Okay, let's dive in. We've got callers three two three six three eight. Hello. Hi, Michelle. It's Zelda. Hey, Zelda. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. I loved hearing you talk about the full moon. I feel time, probably the right timing for what I'm going through right now. Um, I, I feel like I'm getting over this guy I dated that I'm friends with now. So, um, okay. And it's, it almost doesn't seem like he cares that much about me, which... I mean, I will say that it, it, these might be my thoughts. I don't know if it's accurate. I, I know I can be in my head about things. And he, like, and it's weird. It's like there's an event tonight that um, I am or might be going to that he just happened to RSVP plus two for. And okay. I don't want to go alone. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Okay. I just, I'm just wondering what you see there. Like, well, here's uh-huh. what I get is you uh-huh. opened more. And he, and this happens to all of us 
sometime on the path, and can I get a little word here, a truth, especially if you're in the chat listening to this, because we've all been there on some level. There's a point when we open on the path, and we're, and we're feeling high, we're feeling good, mm-hmm. connecting more to the heart. We're dropping into the feeling, out of the head, and mm-hmm. ouch, ooh, we get, or mm-hmm. so we think. And, mm-hmm. and then the ego mind comes in, the wounded part, and says, see, see, you open, look at all this feeling stuff, and look what happened. Look what this guy did or this girl did. Look what happened now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you need, right? What you need to start doing is to shift it and see. It's showing the limitation. It's showing where you were. He's mirroring where you were. Something happened. There's something perceived, but it's in his own personal life. And you're because you are doing this whole opening. You're taking it personally. But he's always mm. been like this. There's always mm. been this push pull. There's this has always been going on. The difference is you're seeing it now. But you're ascribing it because of the unpleasant experience of having revealed oneself and opened up. Mm-hmm. Now he'll remember this. He'll, you know, he'll respond or come back around at some point, or he'll. My sense is he'll remember this. They always do, but a lot of times mm-hmm. we've moved on. It's just opening you up to more of yourself, your life, and to somebody that is more available. But the, make no mistake, you were you did the same thing to him. You've yeah. done that to others. And you did it to yeah. him. So now it's, this, is, this is where it's at. So I don't feel that it's not that he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I feel he's very, he's where you were. And you're just getting out of it. So you, you still have a little bit of energy into it. That's why it's triggering oh. you. You can't, you can't see oh. where he's so wounded, right? Like how, wounded in how... I try not to understand. Emotionally. Like where he's so he's wounded. It just yeah. You're you're thinking he, felt, he doesn't care because well no, he's you're thinking he doesn't care. You're making it all about you because you're yes. feeling like I opened up to this person. I I finally got real with myself and someone else. Yes. And yes. and and that's the ego. The ego goes and it didn't have this effect that I wanted it to have. Yes, well, it didn't yes. have the effect you wanted it to have because the guy isn't there. <laughs> he can't give you that effect. He's not there. He's 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 he's. It's not about you. It's not that he doesn't care about you. It has nothing to do with that. He's not there emotionally in his own life. He can't. Oh. Give, you could. You, yeah, you can't give what you're not. Why? You know, if you if you go get your computer. And I say, can you please Photoshop this form? I, you know, I want to blend these two trees together. No matter how mm-hmm. much you try to do it, if you don't have a Photoshop you're not, or some program that does that, you're not going to be able to do it. So you're expecting mm-hmm. him to do something that he is not formatted for yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. He's, um, re- he's, re- he's responding how you responded and would respond Six months to uh, eight months ago, when I was even dating a year him. or two years, when and before. That's where he's at. That's where he's at in his emotional connection and development and you know in consciousness. So he's checked out, basically, <laughs> like kind of. No way. Well, how how were you back then? Um, 
about a year ago, I yeah. wasn't, I was kind of exploring things. And I mean, I, I had started around that time I had started dating him. I dated him for a year, like last year for a year. And but emotionally, I, and that's not the answer right now because I got to go to the next car. But it oh. says that, that use these full moon energies. Mm-hmm. Where were you? How how were you a year ago? A year to two years ago? How did were you responding? How were you how were you doing the relating relating a relationship game? What were I your responses? Sure. Right, you like, it was push pull. Yeah. The Push runner to meaning. the run to. Well, just look. Just take a look at how you were in relationship. How did you handle when you were dating? What was your game? You know, what was your game? What did you do? Because mm-hmm. that's where I he's felt... at. See, you're. Mm-hmm. But not just in, in regards to him, but to other. Mm-hmm. You know, other guys that you were dating. That's going to show okay. you where you're at. You're. You're trying to shift. You're in the middle of beginning to shift. That's yes. why you're still really kind of stuck to him and connected. But you're interpreting yes. it like, hey, I got real with you and I opened up. Mm-hmm. But if that person mm-hmm. doesn't yet have that capability, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not going to get that back. There's, the reciprocation is not going to be the totality or the fullness of what you want because it's, it's just not there. Yeah, okay, okay. It's like life experience. It's like life experience, you know, that becomes wisdom. We can't expect mm-hmm. somebody that, that hasn't, you know, you know, traveled around the world or lived different places. You, you can't expect them to have a certain mindset. There, there are certain things that happen on the earth plane by us living through them. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. I think I understand. Although I think yeah. it's interesting. I gotta go. I got Zelda. Oh, okay. Because go, I got other okay. callers. All right. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. I want to see getting in a couple more callers, and then we have our guests coming out. Hi, four one six four hundred. You're on air. Oh, hi. Can you hear me? I can. Welcome. Hello. Oh, hello. Hi. Oh, hi, Michelle. I'm, I'm so nervous. So happy to be talking to you. Uh, oh, good. My name is okay. Mitchie. And what's your name? Mitchie. Mitchie? Hi, Mitchie. Hi. Hi. Oh, sorry, I'm kind of out of breath. I was mopping the floor. Okay, I love it. This is what I love, the multitasking. <laughs> oh. Oh, so my question to you is, you know what you were just talking about? Actually, you used exactly the words that have been going through my mind is I feel scattered as far as my mm. spirituality. I'd like to know. Okay. I mean, I have, I'm kind of all over the place with my questions. Mainly I'd like to know what are your guides saying as far as how to use my gifts? Because I have intuition. I learned from you by listening to your podcast that it's not psychic. There's a difference between psychicness and intuition and being intuitive. So I'm intuitive, and it seems that sometimes I can tap into it. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I get scared to tap into it. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> and at the same time, I want to live my fullest life with it. You want to what? Your, your life? 
I want to live my fullest life with my gifts of Good. intuition. Oh, I love that. Okay. The first thing I'm going to suggest to you and to everyone listening that, you know, though that I do answer calls and I do try to give as much input, I would say for everyone, whether it's me or someone else, you need to work with someone you trust. You need to do some type of self-development, spiritual integration program, whatever. You need to do something or do group. That's why I offer my teleworkshops as a, you know, at a very, you know, uh, easily affordable level. Um, it's just too hard to do on your own. It's too hit or miss. And in saying that. Okay. One of the things yeah. that you can do um, is keep, you know, the, see, part of it is a lot of opening up, you know, psychically or intuitively. Uh, and I was born this way, and I still had to go through this, and I still worked with people. Um, because wounding gets in the way. accurate you. But tell me yeah. that I still, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I, that's what really fascinated me about you is that you had it, but then, there is a learning process of getting with the right teachers yeah. and et cetera. So always, yeah. always, because part of it is stuff gets in the way, you know, emotionally we have filtering um, and of course yeah. misinterpretation, but then we also don't live in a society that reinforces that. And this is why the whole thing that, you know, every teacher on the path, it doesn't even matter about on the path, Whatever you want to do on the earth plane, if you want to be an engineer, they say hang out with more engineers. Or you like to be an entrepreneur, or you want to go, to, you know, eventually be a filmmaker. You hang out with filmmakers, you know. Some of it rubs right. off by osmosis, but, but we inspire and help each other, and we learn from each other. But one of the things is, is make, it's for a point, even though, you know, we, I call it like in psychosynthesis or parts processing, some of the part that I do, the transpersonal psychology, we, yes. we look at different parts, right? You're the part that wants to read, the part that wants to be out there, you know, yes. the part that wants to nurture. So we have all these parts of ourselves that we kind of are, man. there's just different ways that we express and experience life, right? But we have, yes. at some point, I feel, on the path, you have to recognize there's the part of you that wants to be more spiritually connected as trusting spirit, wants to connect on a soul level and believes and has faith. And then there's a part not so much or not at all. So yes. You have exactly. So yeah. somehow, in a way, and, and, it's proving yeah. – go ahead. And no, I mean the – Everything you say is just is. I mean, to me, it tells me there's a synchronicity here because you're talking about parts. I just did some major work on that with psychotherapy mm. and and integrating the parts and all that. And so, I mean, every time I listen to you, it's like you're talking to me. And and now you're saying these words. You're using all these things that, yeah, I, this has been my life for the past year or so is understanding the parts and integrating them and. I've, been, I've done a lot of work on that in the last year. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So now what I, want, I would suggest to you is that you have the part that you have to, the, kind of the little bit of the doubter or not sure, that just has to learn to, to be more intuitive, embrace part of you. And so that's where things like journaling come in or keeping writing down you know, what the messages are that you're getting or the signs or the symbols so that you, that you believe, you know, or asking the question, writing in your journal, I need yes. to know about this. I want confirmation or I want insight. 
So it's the part of mm-hmm. you that's doing the asking and saying, help me. And then there's the part of you that's the expanded aspect of your being, the higher self that comes through and helps you. So it's, what I would say for you is it's forging a very strong relationship and reinforcing it with your higher self at this point. So okay. whatever, you know, so the, and then, you know, meditate, hold the space for that part to give you the messages. You know, some people do it through cards. Okay. Um, I read Coffee Grinds the other day. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Uh, coffee Grinds. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but that's what I say right now is that partnership where that part, you begin trusting that part of yourself more and more. And that's what I would say for the, for the now. You bring in that dis- discipline, that discipleship. Bring in that part of you that is having a routine of meditating, checking in with yourself, with this part of yourself, and then looking for the signs, the symbols, the messages, the, re- the confirmations, the reaffirming. You know, looking for that, asking mm-hmm. it. What did the dream? I want an answer to this. I need guidance. You know, but it's very mm-hmm. important. Some people I I share this with, and then they go, "Oh, yeah, I've been doing that," but they don't write it down. You ha- to make it tangible, you have to bring some consistency to it, so that you can look over and go, "Oh my God, I said this was going to happen, and it did." And here's my or this, I got this confirmation, or I asked for this. That. That makes the rational or surface mind more of a believer. It makes the ego more of a believer, and then it can be, you know, more easily harnessed and rallied, you know, it, to, you know, so that it's not fighting. But that's what I would suggest right now. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle. So that welcome. really helps. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. All right. Bye-bye. I'm glad. Thanks for calling. Bye. Oh, great question. All right, everyone. It's time for our awakening dialogue. If you didn't get your question answered, I am here every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. And I do my talk. We just had a lot of, um, there must be a lot going on right now. I mean, I think there is in my life as well, but there just seems to be a, a lot. A lot of people are opening more. There's a lot of opening that's happening. And I feel in that, and with the full moon, you know, some people are assuming that, you know, again, we have to always look at the underside. What's the underside? What's underscoring what we're going through, right? Looking below, below the surface. All right. Our awakening guest today is Corby Mitlead. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Um, I love this. Corby states has always been the different one. A writer and visionary in a medical family, she made her own path rather than take one dictated by others. Wasn't always easy, wasn't always easy, but led her to a series of spiritual paths through breast cancer not once, but three times, life became a roller coaster with no breaks as she survived divorce, abuse, poverty, and life-threatening illness. But Corby learned the magic of the examined life by meeting challenges and asking the next question and facing each new situation with strength, courage, and humor. Uh, Corby is the author of Clean Out Your Life Closet. I love that title. Oh, my God. Okay, Corby, welcome to the program. 
It's wonderful to be here. But I do have to tell you, it's not mid-lead, it's mid-lied. Mid-lied, thank you. That's why I said That's I don't right. know it's if I'm pronouncing it right. Nobody gets it right. It's, it's oh. German, and it means oh, compassion. <gasps> oh, my God. Mid-lied. Okay, just as it says. Okay. And it means compassion. I love that. My last name in German is Healing Hands. You know, sometimes spirit knows what we need to be named. That's just where it is. <laughs> right? Now, listen, i got to tell you the synchronicity of this because I have, you know, I'm done cleaning out my closets. Mm-hmm. Something, this, this last few months, because that's how long it's been taking, I did a cleaning out your closet, like, I mean, boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes. I mean, just getting rid of stuff coinciding with cleaning out certain things in my life. And then, of course, when my, I got, you know, the email of who, who's the, who are the guests and what they're talking about, and I see your clean out your life closet, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. What a great concept. What a great title. And I just immediately have to ask you, not only what does it mean, but how did you come to this? To the book or to the title? Both, both. But the title I love, but to the book, because I feel like it's such, you know, it's such a metaphor. But, you know, a lot of people clean out your closet, clean out your, but the life closet, because we, we write, we are, it's all in our closet where we have all these closets. <laughs> we do. We do. And I have been doing um, intuitive counseling work full time since 9-11, though I've had my hand on it basically since I was um, 18 in 1973. And so this is what my clients are always wrestling with, clarity, going with the flow, adaptability, making friends with stress. And when I was looking at this, I had been told for years, oh, you're so funny, you speak so well, you should write a book. And I'm thinking, there are thousands on the shelves, what do I need to do? But what's the key? All good authors are told, write what you know. So that's what I did. I wrote from my own experience uh, with stories from some of my clients to present ideas that can help people get rid of the crud and the things that no longer fit in their lives and the things that are broken and the things that were really never them in the first place. Oh, thank you very much for the last comment. That, that were never – I can't – whether clothes or certain things I'm doing, and you know, I look at myself pretty aware and conscious, and I'm like, wow, that really never was quite me or was me or never suited me. Now, Corby, how do people, because, you know, and I was alluded to the top of the program, um, and I'm really seeing this a lot late, but clearer, I guess. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of people don't like to get rid of not just forget stuff, that's more easy, but, but stuff that they feel has supported them or a way of being or looking or routine. What do you do to cut through that or get through that? I adored my 10th grade English teacher, Mr. Caffrey. He was the one mm-hmm. that taught me to wrestle with something until it made sense. He was the one that got me to want to be a writer. But that okay. was in 1971. We are well, you know, almost 50 years beyond that. 
And so, no, I'm not going to go sit back in his class. I love what he taught me. I honor what he did, but I have moved on. And that is where we are with much of what we have learned. Besides, once we have it under our belt, the thing we can do with it, if we want to keep it, is turn it around and give it to someone else. I, let's, let's take a look at my breast cancer. I never say that I fought cancer because what you fight fights back, and I am not a survivor because I do a lot more than hang on by teeth and toenails. I call myself a breast cancer dancer. I found out how graceful I could be under pressure. I avoid getting my toes stepped on, and I got off the dance floor in one piece. But I don't constantly think of myself as someone who dealt with cancer. It's what I did. I've moved on. The only time that I work with it now mm. is if someone is swimming in that particular little ocean and needs a life jacket, wow. and I throw my experience. But I don't have to always wow. live as the cancer dancer. I have other things. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm hearing in this? And it, it's, there's, a, there's a non-attachment. It's not a denial. It's not a pushing away, but it's, it's like you're not wearing things. You're not saying this is this is me, or I went through this, so this this is the lens that I'm looking out at the world, and I want you exactly. to look at me this way. Exactly. But how did you get to that place? Because I'm seeing, you know, hmm, conceptually, I feel like a lot of times people want to hold on. So how did you get to that place where you just aren't over-identifying? Well, part of it is, as you say, my life was roller coaster, no breaks. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've been through a lot. And so there was never mm-hmm. really a choice to stay put. If I stayed put, mm. I was blocked. If I didn't move forward, I couldn't hand things off to other people. Because first and foremost, I'm a teacher. Whether I knew it or not from childhood, that's where I've always been. And I don't, okay. you can't teach someone the same class over and over and over again as they grow. So if you want to mm. teach what you know, you have to grow too. Always look for the next oh, possibility. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Love that. So you, the, the, the clean out your life closet. Let's talk a little bit about the life closet. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think I have an inkling, but I really want to hear from you. Um, what is our life closet? Uh, a life closet is this particular incarnation. And just like, um, trust me, baby, before the breast cancer, I had a Dolly Parton figure, and there was this gorgeous dress from the 1980s that I loved. I don't fit into it now. Why would it still be in my closet? Who we are now may be as a result of all the things that we went through, but we're not that person now. So why keep it in the closet? Why keep referring to yourself as that person because you're not anywhere. Here's a perfect example. In my 20s, there was a medieval uh, and renaissance reenactment group. I know everyone out in California knows. It's called the Society for Creative Anachronism. And I loved swanning around in 40 pounds of Tudor clothing, playing at a countess, and, you know, pretending that I was not a secretary and silly. I was Countess Tamara. Well, that was then. I am now 63. I have lots more stuff in my life that's a lot more exciting than having people curtsy to me and say, Your Excellency, I just do. So those tutor gowns are gone. Who you were in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, they may have made you who you were, 
but they're not who you are now. We all know the person who keeps that picture up on their website of who they were 30 years ago, and we know in person that ain't them. Honor who you are now. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. You wear your life, your experiences, and your victories. You do. Mm-hmm. I love what you say. It might have made you who you are, but you're not that. Um, and, and this is something I want to ex- explore with you is there's something going on in wanting to hold, because you're not that, clearly. But what is it that makes people want to hold on to that perception or that idea of them and some even try to live it out and then this other energy of themselves is trying to come through there's nowhere for it to go because it's clogged up in the life closet right the life closet is clogged up with the other stuff that's the point the unit remember the universe hates a vacuum but if you want new stuff then you've got to get rid of the old stuff If I want to go and buy a wonderful new velvet bling coat to wear on circuit, i got to get rid of the ones that I don't really wear anymore. They're nice. They have good memories, but I have a brain. I have the memories of that. And frankly, that coat I don't wear anymore, what if it fits somebody else? So whether it's Mm -hmm. passing on your clothes or passing on your lessons, share it. That, I mean, we can't mm-hmm. take it with us. Go share it. Mm-hmm. So what would help people be able to move past, which to me is kind of a narrow view, because even when you're sharing of your story, that was back in that time, that was like perhaps a big view, a big thing you were going through. But now mm-hmm. with everything else you've gone through, it, it narrows you back down to only identify with that. You know, you've done mm-hmm. done and are doing so much more. So what helps people? Is it a freeing up? What what helps people to start not to start seeing themselves bigger and not through those old lenses, you know? It it goes right back to scarcity thinking. If you think that all your good days are behind you or what you were when you were younger was better than what you are now, you've got to hold on to it. When you realize that there's so much more yummy stuff ahead of you, then you get rid of the stuff in the closet because you want what's ahead. And one of the things that I always ask myself is, where's my happy? My happy isn't in the past. It's in the present moment. So, for instance... Before the cancer, I literally had a Dolly Parton figure. I did. Mm-hmm. I was a brunette Dolly Parton. And then the doctors told me, okay, in three weeks, we're taking them and we're turning you from that into a fire plug with uh, side effects mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Suck it up. Well, mm-hmm. I couldn't keep that st- yeah, the old me in the closet. I had to look ahead. And in order to do that and let go gracefully, I said, all right, I have to find three reasons to be happy about this. And it doesn't matter how stupid they are. So I came up with this. Number one, you don't have cancer. You can't get cancer there. Number two, they're not going to get slammed in the refrigerator door at the doctor's, and every woman listening knows exactly what I'm talking about with that. (laughs) Third, implants means I'll be perky till I'm 93. This is cool. (laughs) Now, was that, you know, brilliant and angelic? No, it was dumbass. But it got me through the surgery. It got me through reworking my marriage, which had only been for a year and a half at that point with my husband. So here I am, 14 years later, 
we celebrated our 15th anniversary last October. I'm absolutely 100% clean and cancer-free. I teach with it. And who I was going through that experience has made me a better counselor, a better lecturer, a better teacher, and in many cases a better friend. But I had to let go of who I was or my closet would have no room for everything I'd become. Mm. Okay, here we go, Corby. Next next level on this. Yes. Bring in some stuff here. Yeah. So, I, I, as you're talking, and I'm thinking, okay, some of this I hear, maybe perhaps the people holding on, maybe, like you said, scarcity. So there's some fear there, and you said that, you know, mm-hmm. things may not get better. If it's, it, you know, obviously this is rhetorical. If it's true that the, the truth of who we are is in, is in the unfolding, is in the present, it's not in the past, not in the future, it's, it's in that unknowing, you know, it's, yep. it's in the present, something's evolving and emerging. So did you have to, for a couple questions, did you have to think about that? Because it almost sounds like you were doing this intuitively. And then I'm thinking about our listeners you're cleaning out the life closet is asking people to live in that, that space of what is, which there's mm-hmm. nothing they can really identify with. You're not identifying mm-hmm. with anything. How do you, what's the leap? What's the key to getting into that space and perhaps even getting comfortable with it? Well, the first thing is don't be afraid to mourn. I went home and cried for 24 oh. hours. I was okay. not instantly enlightened. I cried. I screamed. I admitted okay. all the fears I had. Then when it was done, I said, okay, fine. Now, next. Next is I want everyone out there to get themselves an embroidered pillow with the word next. Because mm. next is what you got. Um, right. My mother-in-law, she's got Alzheimer's. She doesn't remember what happened before. All she has is now. Mm. All she has is now. So, she, it, boy, if there's anybody who's teaching me living in the now, it's her. But mm-hmm. the key is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get very Brooklyn. What could it height? You should move <laughs> forward a little. Um, it, 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 look, the other thing is laugh. Life is yeah. not so serious that you can't get a giggle out of it. And the thing that I recommend for everybody, and this is going to take them some work, mm-hmm. is find your sentence of passion. Your sentence of passion is not who you are or what you do or even how you do it. It's your vapor trail. When you go skidding into heaven on ball tires and fumes in the tank and your version of God hands you a beer or coffee and says, so tell me, that's what you get to tell him. With me, Mm. my sentence of passion is cross the bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. When I get to take somebody from point A to point B when they can't make it, when I can mm. tap them on their shoulder and say, here's your bliss, you don't need a flight plan, now get, I'm living my bliss. But mm. to live your bliss, you've got to keep living it. You've got to move forward. And mm-hmm. it took me a while to figure out what I loved. The thing is, here's the key. Remember, you get to get up every morning. You don't have to get up every morning. You get mm-hmm. to. You have been provided with this yummy 24 hours of nothing that you can fill, mm. and you decide how to fill it. Even if you're going to a boss that throws files at your head, if you, she doesn't like what you're saying, and I had one of those, you can decide to respond instead of react. You got even that in your hand. That's how you get rid of stuff in the life closet. That's how you grab now. 
that's how you decide what you want to put back in, all in this moment of what am I going to do? What am I deciding I want to live? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a lot of it goes back, is choice. But what are, where are we going to focus mm-hmm. for, and what are oh, we yeah. going to de- decide? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which means being more conscious or taking the time to to just look. And we're trained not to be conscious anymore. We surf the net, mm-hmm. we're on our phones. When if we looked up, all of a sudden we might see, you know, we always say, oh, I'm so compassionate. But we're on our phones. But then when we mm-hmm. put it away and we're absolutely in the present moment, we look across the street and we see that this guy on a park bench who clearly hasn't eaten in a couple of days, hasn't had a shower. Mm-hmm. We, we say we're compassionate, go buy him a sandwich. And then sit with him while he eats. Acknowledge his humanity. Make that mm-hmm. choice to get off the phone and look mm-hmm. at some human, human being in the eye. Everything mm-hmm. is choice. Mm-hmm. It really is. It goes back to that glass half full or half empty. I mean, it really, <laughs> that sets mm-hmm. the, whole, uh, the whole tone. I like so to say is- it's not half empty or half full, it's refillable. Ooh, okay, of course you'd go to the next level on that, Corby. I like that. So what is cleaning out your life closet? What does that look like? Is, it, is there a process? Is there things to ask oneself? I mean, I, obviously getting the book and you walk someone through it, but what does that look like? What did it look like to you? How did you did you know that you were doing it? As a matter of fact, um, oh, hindsight is twenty twenty. In the middle of it, I knew I liked what I was doing and kept moving forward. But ah, the okay. point is, for cleaning out your life closet, um, it's for people who are curious and they're intent on self improvement. They want to make a better life for themselves. They want to claim their purpose. So. You know, there, there's an old saying, I think it's Ralph Bloom from his book on runes, more than doers, we are oh. deciders. And once we decide, the doing is effortless. And that's why the first chapter on this is clarity. If you're not clear, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing. And for me, there is a three-legged stool of clarity. It's getting clear on your purpose, getting clear in your relationships, and getting clear in with spirit. Then you're ready to... Um, simplify, and that's you know that's mm. the heavy duty part of um, cleaning out your life closet. And simplifying is doing things like uh, living your life as a tiny house. Uh, mm-hmm. What can you live with? What can you not? Finding happiness with what you have right now. Learning to carry experiences, not things. But then, what are you going to do with stuff when you've lightened your load? Uh, I even have a chapter on how to get rid of stuff physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, you go with the flow. You learn to adapt. You realize perfect is not what you think it is. You are allowed Mm -hmm. to stumble toward enlightenment. It doesn't have to be perfect. When perfect Mm -hmm. destroys good, which is, frankly, my most personal chapter, and when to stand your ground. And then there's a chapter on Mm -hmm. stress because we've all got it, and you've got to learn when it's good and when it's bad. But it's step by step. You don't have to be mm-hmm. wildly enlightened because mm-hmm. the most important thing you need to get from this book is you're your own best expert. The way it's constructed, mm-hmm. you will know that by the end of the book. 
Wow. Now, did you, let me ask you, when you wrote this, what, were you intent on writing or did you look back and go, this is what I've done? Like when that person said you should write a book or people were saying that, did you know that this is what it was going to be? Well, I knew I was going to write a book eventually, but mm-hmm. what I did is um, I set out to all of, all of my readers on my Fire Through Spirit Facebook page, what do you want to learn next year? And they came up with a list of 36 things, and I broke it down into 12. And I was going to write mm-hmm. on one subject a month, do four, you know, one, one per week. And mm-hmm. by the end of six months, uh, my dear friend and uh, wing sister, Christine Alexandria, said to me, you know, that's your book. And I went, duh. <laughs> <laughs>
If we're trying to well, live across I... a timeline, good Lord. Right, right. Yeah, if it's bringing it forward. Um, what do you notice when in this cleaning out your life closet, what, whether it's yourself or the clients that you work with, what are you noticing the, the byproduct is? People are, are learning that they don't have to always look to everybody else for answers because, you know, that's, that's one of the things that drove me crazy um, about self-help books in general. These days we're taught to believe someone else knows better than we do. And mm-hmm. so we say we have to give our power up to the doctor, the teacher, the fitness coach, the life coach, the religious figure. Even if our intuition tells us something is true, we Google it to see if mm-hmm. are we really right. Um, what I do with this book and the way it's constructed, it's built to give you your own power back. Because mm-hmm. I don't say do everything in the book and you'll all get better. That's crazy. I have Right. So what I do is I write from my perspective. This is some stuff that happened to me, and frankly, it's pretty funny. And I may use two client examples um, with names changed, of course. But then at the end of each chapter, right. I have open-ended questions where the reader can take what I wrote and make it specifically fit their lives. By the end of that book, if they've done all those uh, chapter questions, They wrote half of it with me, and their book would be a different one than a friend would read. They realize, they see in black and white just how much they already know. And when they trust Mm. their own knowing, they're much more willing to let go of the past and see what else is out there, move toward the future. Mm. So it's really a movie, moving toward the future, moving forward then, kind of a hope, brings in a hope. More than a hope. It brings in an excitement. Ooh, what's out there now? Ah, Let me go see. Okay. Okay. It's interesting. I wonder why, you know, and I, you see this even, um, you know, not just in person, but celebrities or public people, uh, commentators, there's this push to look back a lot. Mm-hmm. college or that football team or the member I played football here or this going this going constant kind of going back into personal you know which could be nice memory lane kind of stuff um, whether personal or collective history you have any thoughts on that why that it, it, it's so prevalent I don't know in other societies but definitely in the western society there's just a lot of times just looking back frankly if you are not a conscious person, present and future looks pretty darn scary. So here, go back and look at ah. what was good. When you realize mm. even if it all goes to pot, you can mm-hmm. make choices. It's like, frankly, I know that in my own incarnational pattern, this soul tends to come in at crisis times on the losing side to lead other people out of darkness. Does it mean I'm going to be another Wayne Dyer? God, I wish, but probably not. But it means that mm-hmm. in this little upstate New York County where I live, I can inspire. I can help people find their reasons. I can help people move forward. So I don't want to look back except to make a quick thank you to everything that I've got now. 
I have mm. to be a torchbearer. I have to shine light on oh. what is possible, what's out there, not a flashlight behind me because, well, we've seen that, what's ahead in what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Boy, you really add some insight and clarity here that, that it could be scary looking ahead, obviously perceiving as the unknown because it's something that's forming, or then, you know, it's in the unfolding. The, the past, we know what happened for sure. Yes. Um, so that's why, because I was, I, as you were talking, I was wondering that a day or two ago, and then as you were talking, I, it kept coming up in my head, then why is there so much of this all the time? Um, you know, even in social settings, you know, I've gone, it hasn't happened in a while, but it never ceases to amaze me where people are sitting around talking about, uh, these are 40, 50 year olds, you know, and they're mm. talking about college days, and I'm like, there has to be something else that's happened between then and now. You know? <laughs> so, there yeah, has, but think about it. All generations think that their generation was the be-all and end-all, and these new young whippersnappers. <laughs> Unless mm. they stay in the present and they realize they must yeah. change too. Yes. And I, you know, now that we're talking, I still agree with you. It is very exciting, you know, if you're embracing technology, you're embracing what's happening now personally in your life and collectively, the advance, the, the interesting things that are going on. There is such an aliveness. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, that is, you know, makes me think of, I wonder, people cleaning out their life closet and really being in that present moment and co-creating from that space. Yes. Boy, that, boy, that, I don't know, what that would be pretty amazing. It would. And, you know, I'm going to give one, if you will, a scientific thing that is why you look forward, not back. When I first moved up here to marry my husband in 2001, I used to be able to go and sit on our lawn, soak up a little sun. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the middle of the bullseye for Lyme disease and ticks. I can't do that anymore. If I look back and mm-hmm. more and see it was nice when I could, I'm not looking mm-hmm. for ways to clear my lawn so I can go do that again. Don't mm-hmm. look for how good it used to be, even if it was. Look for how good right. you can make it now and in the future. Wow. It does change the energy. It does bring higher vibration in, more energy, more, like you said, excitement. Mm-hmm. Than lamenting the, 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 the lamenting the past has a kind of a draining energy, uh, and perhaps in the present, that's where the innovation comes in or the invention, right? Exactly. You're not mourning the past. You take note of the past. Gee, it was lovely to be able to sit on my lawn. How can I make that happen again? Do you move forward? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. You move forward. Oh my gosh, Corby, amazing. Such a great concept and so simple but impacting. I mean, this can impact so many parts of a person's life. Sometimes people overlook the simple because they're expecting things to be so hard. Enlightenment Mm -hmm. must be so hard. No, sometimes it's simply looking up from your iPhone, deciding you don't want to sit by Saying I'm never going to sit in that big-shouldered thing again. Out it goes. Right. So, Corby, what is your um, 
best way people to get in touch with you? Website? Do you have um, yes. you want to give? Um, I'm all over it. Number one, uh, the website, CorbyMidlide.com. Uh, you will also see their information on Clean Out Your Life Closet and the new book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. You can always find me on Facebook and Twitter okay, and ahead. Pinterest. And if you are anywhere on the East Coast from about Washington, D.C., up through New England, sometimes you are able to actually catch me at a spiritual expo. You never know. Mm, okay. All right, Corby, thank you. Author, clean out your life closet. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing. This has been amazing insight. I had a blast. Thanks for asking. Talk later. Wow, that definitely will get you into and keep you in high uh, vibes. Very, very, um, very interesting concept. And um, wow, I think it's quite amazing. Um, anyway, if you just uh, tuned in to the last bit, that was author. Corby Mitlide, and the book is Clean Out Your Life Closet. Wow, very impacting. And all of you are amazingly impacting as well. I so appreciate um, you co-creating this with me. It's been an amazing Wednesday once again. So uh, if you have any interest in any of the teleworkshops that are coming up or programs, you can go to soulplayground.life. You can email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you do have any guest or topic suggestions or email questions, uh, please email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, as always, continue to shine your light, share your insight, and, of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcasts every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows are available on iTunes. For continued awakening conversation and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook and visit Michelle's blog at soulinsightsforspiritledliving.com. That's soulinsights, the number four, spiritledliving.com. Keep awake.